0: You are listening to the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number 22. Hey, everybody. It's a great day here in Michigan. The sun's out, finally. We've had so much rain lately. It's driving me crazy. Um, So I'm really happy to be here. And hopefully we can have a really good podcast discussion today about worry. I wanted to talk about worry because it's something that I really struggle with, and I have to coach myself a lot around worrying. It seems like something that comes naturally to me, and I think I was raised by a world-class (laughs) worrier, my mom. And um, she was one of those people that always told me to be careful and lock your doors and watch your back and don't stop at a gas station at night by yourself. All those things that parents tell us because they think it'll keep us safe. And it's something that really sticks with you. And I don't want to blame my mom for my worrying nature because I think it, even if she hadn't done that, I probably would have still been a worrier because I think it's part of of my primitive brain that likes to make me worry. I think it's pretty natural for a lot of us, but I'm really good at it and I'm good at letting it hold me back from doing the things that I really wanna do. I'm good at letting it cause some anxiety in me and believing the thoughts that I have around worry. So that's one of the reasons I wanted to talk about it today because I think it's something that a lot of us struggle with. And I think in any profession, Um, that we all have worries. And I think especially in our veterinary hospitals, there's so many things to worry about. You know, there's pets under anesthesia and worrying about clients that are going to come in and holler at us for whatever reason that are not satisfied. We worry about outcomes of a lot of our cases and we're not unsure of how things are going to go. So we spend days wondering. That pet that we sent home the other day that had vomiting, did it stop vomiting? Did it have a foreign body? Did we miss it? We have all these things that our brain does that causes worry. And it's really one of those energies and things that we spend time on that are super unnecessary. It's such a waste because worry is just living in the past and then also living in the future and we can't change the past we've talked about that before and we don't know what's going to happen in the future so if we if we worry that's what we're spending our time on we're spending our time on thinking about things that haven't happened yet and wondering if they could happen and it's such a waste of time it's such a waste of energy and it really causes stress and that's those stressful things that happen to us end up causing us to feel burned out and all these things about compassion fatigue. I'm working right now on putting together a presentation on all these subjects, and I didn't really put a lot of worry into the presentation, and I'm thinking now as I'm talking that maybe I should have because many of the things that we stress about in daily life revolve around worrying. So I pulled up some information um, from a book that I read a while back. Um, It's called How to Stop Worrying and Start Living. And the book's by Dale Carnegie, and it's an old book. It was written, oh, I want to say back in the 40s, like 48 or something like that, if I remember correctly. So it's a really old book. However, the principles of it are so true today. And I think some of these principles we can talk about, and then perhaps also use some of our coaching techniques around our thoughts creating our feelings and the things we talk about that to help us stop worrying and realize when we are worrying and when our thoughts are worry thoughts, they are causing us stress in our everyday work, and our everyday life. I wanted to tell you a story of something that happened to me in the last uh, couple of weeks to use it as an example of how we can cause ourselves undue stress because of worry. I had a client come in who had adopted a kind of a pit bull mix type dog from a rescue league. And when she adopted this dog, it's a female, really sweet heart dog, um, who's probably about, I want to say she was around maybe 15 months, like a year, year and a half. Anyway, she had adopted this dog. And when she adopted it, this woman from the rescue league, they told her that this dog was spayed. So she brings the pet into me for me to examine this dog. And when she she brought the pet in, the pet looked like it was in heat. Um, it had some discharge and it was swollen and, you know, it had some symptoms of being in a normal heat cycle. So as we were talking, I said, did they really told you this dog was spayed? And she said, yes. And I said, well, I think they're mistaken because she certainly looks like she's in heat. So we, we have an issue, you know, she needs to be spayed. So we went through all that. We talked about it, you know, how long the heat cycle was going to last, what to watch for. You know, the dog looked perfectly fine, didn't have any issues. So, you know, we vaccinated her. We checked her out good. I think she might have had an ear infection at the time. Anyway, long story short, sent her on her way home. I told the owner at the time, I said, you know, it's going to last a couple weeks, two, three weeks, and then she should go out of heat. And then we'll wait a month or so and then we'll get her spayed and that'll be the safest way to go. Well, she had to come back in, I think it was maybe two to three weeks because we had worked on an ear infection. So she was coming back for a recheck. When she came back in for her recheck and I walked in the room, oh, this horrible smell hit me. And this dog just had this nasty junk coming out of her. Uh, and I hate to be really graphic, but I know you all can handle it. But it was it was nasty, smelly stuff. And I looked at the owner and I said, oh my gosh, what's going on? And she said, well, I, I thought at first that this was normal, but it's not normal, is it? And I said, oh, absolutely not. This is not normal. This shouldn't be. And she should be out of heat by now, or at least close to it. So this is bad. This smells like infection. This is nasty. I think we probably have a pyometra. So we started to examine the dog. The dog was still perfectly happy and healthy looking. You know, she wasn't running a fever. She was running around the room eating fine. So she wasn't deathly ill, but she definitely had a problem. So we went, went ahead and diagnosed her, took, took some uh, blood work, and uh, talked to the owner about getting her scheduled for surgery because I said, now we've got to get this done. We can't wait So we did some blood work, put her on some antibiotics, scheduled the surgery, I think for a couple days later. Uh, I think I saw her on a Tuesday. We scheduled it for Thursday or something like that. So anyway, the dog comes in for its surgery, and I'm expecting it to just be a normal open pyo. And what that basically means for those of you that don't understand veterinary medicine is... Dogs can get an infection in their uterus, and when they say it's open, it means that the infection in there is draining out of the body, which is actually good because it's awful for the, ho- the homeowner because she's got nasty, smelly junk all over her house that she's having to clean up, but it's better for the dog because that infection is draining and coming out of the dog. That's called an open pyometra, which is a open infected uterus. A closed pyometra would be when the, the nasty stuff or the pus and the infection would be stuck in the uterus and not coming out of the body. And then the dogs get much more ill because that all that infection is sitting inside their body in their infected uterus. And those dogs come in oftentimes quite ill. Well, this dog, from one point of view, was in better shape because hers was draining. So I'm thinking as I'm going into surgery that this is going to be just a pretty straightforward spay. I'm going to take out her, her uterus that's infected, obviously, and I'm going to take out her ovaries and all will be well. So I opened this dog up and um, it's kind of this is kind of maybe a graphic discussion for some of you, but I opened her up and there was just this really weird, unusual presentation. She had a normal ovaries. She had a normal uterus, but the bottom part of her uterus was like this big cystic ball. It, it just was very strange. Her whole bottom part of her uterus was full of this infection, but just in a really weird way. And those of you that are veterinarians, I, I've been doing this for many, many years and I've never seen this. So to me, it was like, oh Lord, what is going on with this dog? This, there's this huge thing that's attached to her uterus, that's kind of in her uterus, that's full of infection that really shouldn't be there. And it was down around the level where we usually don't take this stuff out of their body when we're doing a spay. We usually tie it off above um, the area of their cervix and we just take out their uterus. Well, this was this went way down into her body, right down around her bladder. It was just very, very weird. So I'm in there and I see this and I think, what now do I do? I'm in this dog. I really don't know what to do. I'm kind of in this weird spot, but I've got to do something. I can't just leave this in there. I've got to fix this. So I tell my technician, call for the other doctor that's there that day. Um, Go get get the other doctor. Have her come in here and, and look at this. Let me know if she's seen it. So she comes in, she looks at it. Oh, boy, she's never seen it either. And she's a very experienced veterinarian and and super smart. She's one of those vets that pretty much knows everything, and she works at other practices, so she's seen a lot. And she comes in the room, and she's like, oh, I've never seen that. That's weird. What are you going to (laughs) do? And I said, well, that's why I called you. What am I going to do? So we decide to take some photos and send it to some surgeon specialists that we know in the area. So we do that, we take some photos. I'm standing there in my in the middle of surgery. I've got half of it done, you know, I just don't know what to do with the second half. And um this other doctor calls the specialist that we sent the pictures to. And the specialist looks at um and now this this is a surgeon. This is a board certified surgeon looking at these pictures. And she says, "Oh my, I've never seen that either." <laughs> so now All of us are looking at this problem and we really don't know how to solve it. So the the specialist said to the doctor, the other doctor that was with me, I think you should just take out as much of it as you can, as low as you can, do the best job that you can and try to get it all out of there. So here's what I'm left with. I don't know what to do. My friend surgeon that works with me doesn't know what to do, and now the specialist doesn't know what to do. So I'm just going to take the specialist's advice. I'm going to do the best I can to get this thing out, which is what I did. So myself and the other doctor tried to make some judgment calls and get as much of this infected, nasty, awful stuff out of this dog's body without causing any contamination, without causing her any further infection, without compromising her bladder or her urinary tract. And these are all things that we that we need to worry about now. And so all of a sudden, my worry brain is getting scared. Oh, I've never done this before. What if? What if? What if? What if? What if? And um, And you can become paralyzed with all those what ifs. And I just had to overcome that primitive worry part of my brain and just plow forward and say, okay, I'm going to do the best I can here. And I'm going to make sure that I do everything I can to make sure this dog recovers properly and then tell the owner what happened. You know, we got in there and this was weird. And and this is what we had to do. We had to call the specialist. We had to do the best job that we can. And I really don't know what's going to happen, but we're going to send this stuff out for a biopsy. So that's what I did. I got this thing out of there. I got the dog flushed out, closed up on antibiotics, obviously. She was already on those, and we continued that. And then we're going to send this tissue out for biopsy. So I had to call the owner and say, okay, we encountered something that we didn't think we were going to encounter, and here's how we handled it. I have no idea what's going to happen. I'm hoping that all will be well. But I really don't know, and I think we need to send this tissue out for uh, histopathology to figure out what it is. Fortunately for me, the owner is a very wise woman. She works in the medical field, and she knew that we had done what we could and the best job that we could, and she was on board. She said, look, we're just going to give her the best you know that we can, and if it doesn't work out well, then we can always have another surgery done on her at the specialist, let them see you know what else we can do for this dog and that's what we ended up doing well the reason i use this example is because now i have to send this dog home and wonder for the next couple of weeks is how is she going to do did i get enough out of there is she going to get a bad infection that's going to overtake her system and kill her is this going to be a tumor that i took out of her did i get it all all these questions that we come up with in our head that, we, that cause us worry. And it's very much a futile exercise because what good does it do me to sit around and worry about this dog? I did the absolute best job I can. I don't know what's going to happen. I explained it all to the owner. I did my best work along with the help from my other veterinarian and the specialist. And now I've just got to let the chips fall where they may. And so I had to do some really deep exercises in my brain about letting all these worry thoughts go. I had to just think thoughts that I'm competent and I did the best job that I could and this dog's going to be great and everything's going to be fine. And even if she isn't, then we know what the next step's going to be because we did all the right things to begin with. And I would encourage you to think about all the stories in your past like this, where you did something or had to do something that you weren't super comfortable with and Then you had to live with the what-ifs and those questions. And remember that all those what-ifs come from that primitive part of our brain that wants us to be scared and safe and stay safe. Well, in this situation, I couldn't stay safe. I was already in there. There was no out for me. There was no escape. And so I had to use my higher brain to overcome all those worry thoughts while I was in the surgery And realized that I was absolutely the best person for this job because this dog was right in front of me and I was already scrubbed in and I was halfway through the surgery and I was the one. I was going to be the one to save this dog and I had no options and worrying about it, stressing about it was not going to serve me. So I had to use those thoughts, the thoughts that I could that were better thoughts and choose better thoughts to make myself feel confident to carry out this surgery. And then once the dog was home, use better thoughts to not have stress about it and not worry about it. Because I know deep down in my heart, I did the best job for this dog. So the end of this story, just so I don't leave you hanging, is that she's doing quite well. It wasn't a tumor. It came back as just infection, just infected tissue. And we're hopeful that all's going to go well. The dog was in um, yesterday, I think it was, to have her staples removed, and she looked great. She still had a tiny bit of kind of little bit of discharge. We've still got her on antibiotics, and we're just going to hope that all this resolves and all is well. Um, Once her hormones dry up, we're hoping that all this will go away. And if it doesn't, then we're going to take the next steps. And so there's no reason for us to worry about it. She's feeling great. We did our best work. The owner's happy, and life is going on, and I lived through it. (laughs) So worrying about it would not have served me, and it didn't serve me. The days that I felt myself worrying a little bit about her, I just had to think good thoughts and let go of that worry because it doesn't serve us. Now I'd like to talk a little bit about some of the things that Dale Carnegie recommends around worry and we can apply some of our life coaching things to that as well and coaching ourselves. Dale Carnegie's book, it has about 8 sections in the book. And the first one is the facts that we should know about worry. The facts are that it's going to be there. It's a human nature. But we do have to realize that it comes it's going to come to us in waves. We don't need to stew about what's going to happen in the future because we are in the present and we need to live in the present. So we need to know that the facts are that worry is just a wasted emotion. It is living in the past and living in the future, which is a place you can't live. And that's a fact. So we have to improve upon our thoughts around that. We also need to analyze, and this is another thing that's in Dale Carnegie's book, he talks about analyzing what it is that we're worrying about, and we need to get all the facts, and that's part of our coaching when we talked about coaching, is we need to boil it down to the facts. So in my situation, in my example, the facts of this situation were that I had a dog with a problem, I was in surgery, I truly didn't know what I was doing In this situation because I hadn't seen this particular problem before however the facts are also is that I'm an experienced surgeon and I've seen a lot of weird stuff and I've been in a lot of scary weird situations so those are all facts so the fact that I was in surgery I was the surgeon the dog was on my table the owner put this dog in my care those are all facts and so if we can boil down the worry to facts, we can then weigh those facts and come to some kind of decision about how we're going to handle the anxiety that we have about the outcome. So write down the facts when you're worrying about something. What are they? And let's take the fact of, I have, I have this dog on my table and I am in this situation That's a fact. Now, I'm going to weigh all the facts of this situation and this one fact that she's on my table, and then what are my thoughts around that? My thoughts are, she's on my table. I have to do something. I don't have a choice. So I have to move forward. Worrying is not going to serve me. And what is the cause? What is the cause of this problem? The cause is that I've not seen this before. But I still have the skills to move forward and I can get help because that's another fact that I have other doctors in my hospital that may have seen this before, and I have other doctors on the other ends of the phone. I have access to the internet. I could have done a video with the surgeons. There's so many ways that I could have solved this problem. But I first have to decide what I first have to decide to let go of the worry and just boil it down to the facts. And that's something that Dale Carnegie says in his books get to the facts and then you have to you have to accept what's important about the situation you can't get down to the trivia because there's so much trivia that you can worry about in all these situations but if you sit there and worry about trivial things around this then you're not going to accomplish what you need to accomplish I could have thrown up my hands and freaked out totally and just walked away from this situation with this dog on the table. That's something that I could have done if I would have totally lost my mind. But I had to decide that okay, this is this is tough, it's a little scary, but I can I can actually look at the facts and then look at the better thoughts. And the better thoughts are and changing my mental attitude are, I have help. I have access to specialists. I have access to other doctors. I have someone that can scrub in with me and help me if need be. I'm not at this practice alone. All these things that can change my worry into facts and solutions, because now I can start thinking solution-minded. And that's what we really have to do, When we're in a situation where we're confronted with something that causes us worry or causes us, um, you know, self doubt in this case. Um, But we have to look at what is it? What is good about this situation? The good in the situation for me was that I did have help and I had access to the internet. I had access to a cell phone where I could take pictures and send them to the surgeons. I had surgeons on the other end of the phone that would actually come to the phone and talk to me and tell me what they thought I should do and then i have skills because i'm experienced and i've done weird things before and i'm good at thinking on my feet and i have another doctor with me that day that's super smart and super good at thinking on her feet and so two brains are always better than one and then we had the third brain on the other end of the of the phone the other thing that we can do is stop worrying about being criticized because that's another thing that We do when worry pops up. We have a tendency to think, well, what if this doesn't go well? Then what's the owner going to think? What's the surgeon on the other end of the phone going to think about me? What's this other doctor going to think? We go down that road of what if, what if, what if, and am I going to get criticized? That is not helpful, nor is it useful. So you have to let go of the worry about the situation but not only that, the worry about being criticized in the future or the worry about, you know, what's going to happen if this doesn't go well. The other thing that um, we can do to overcome worry, I guess it's prepare. We need to prepare ahead of time for the fact that we might worry, the fact that our brain might not handle things well. And what I mean by that is, Prepare yourself with good morning rituals, which we've talked about before, getting good rest, preparing yourself for having a good day by having good thoughts in the morning about no matter what happens today, I'm going to stay on top of it and I'm not going to let myself get carried away by worry. Protecting our health and getting good exercise and eating a good breakfast, those are all really important things to keep our body in good shape, but that also will keep our mind from going to some of these areas of stress and worry. And then take everything in a stepwise fashion. So if I have six things on my plate that I'm worried about, which often with me happens because I not only worry about what could happen at work, but I worry about my kids um, both my kids are out of the home right now and half the time I have no idea where they are, if they're safe, you know, until I, I stalk them on Instagram, which I have a tendency to do sometimes if, I, if I'm feeling overwhelmed with worry. I'll go to Instagram to see if they're okay. Sorry guys, that's what I do. But if I'm in my right frame of mind, then I don't need to do that because I know that worry, that worry is just a waste of time. And me going to Instagram to see if they're okay is not really serving me. Because then if they're not there, like if I haven't seen them on Instagram for 24 hours, what am I going to do? I'm going to go back to worry. So when I start feeling that urge to worry ahead of time about many, many, many things, I have to prioritize those worries and prioritize the thoughts that I have around those worries, and let a lot of that go. Me worrying about my kids before I go to work is a waste of time because they are their own people. And what's going to happen to them is going to happen to them in life. And they're very capable human beings, and I know that. If I can keep that in mind when I have that urge to worry about them or go to Instagram to stalk them, I can prevent myself from going down that road because it really doesn't solve anything for me. And if I can take all my worries and put them in a line and start to check them off the list like, well, that's, that's a waste of time. That worry is a waste of time. Why am I worrying about how busy it's going to be at work today? That's a waste of time. And we all know that. You can never predict how busy your work's going to be. If I can make a list in my head and check them off or even on paper sometimes when i feel like i'm having a worrisome day just writing all those thoughts down and doing a thought download like we've talked about in the past will get them all out on paper and then i can pr- prioritize them which are really important to solve which things do i need to work on solving and which things can i just let go When you have a problem that you're worried about, you need to solve it. Get the facts, make a decision, and then stop. Just make that decision and move on, and that will prevent you from worrying. Organize all those thoughts that you're having that are causing worry and act as a supervisor over those thoughts because your brain, if you remember, your thoughts are going to create your feelings, and worry is a feeling. And if I'm feeling worried or anxious, I've got to realize that it's caused by all of the things that I'm thinking. If I'm worried about my kids, it's because I'm thinking something could be wrong and they could be whatever my brain comes up with, why I haven't heard from them in a couple of days. Well, the real reason is probably that they're just busy and that's the truth. And so if I can realize that, I can let go of the worry. Why am I worried about work? Is that really important? No, because I can't change it. I can't change what's going to happen at work. So if I can put all those feelings, those feelings of worry and anxiety into my thought download and look at those thoughts that are causing the feelings, then I can change them. I can mark those off my list. Don't need to worry about that. Don't need to worry about that. I can fix this and make a decision if I have a thought that, my schedule is going to be overbooked today and somebody needs to get in. Let's say I walk into work in the morning and somebody needs to squeeze in. Well, that I can make a decision about. I don't have to worry about it. Just make a call and then move on. That way you're letting go of that worry and you're not feeling that anxiety or that, that stress around all those decisions that you're going to make. So being decisive and making strong decisions is a really good way to stop worrying so let's go through a quick model um, just of how we can take one thought that we're having and we kind of just did that but let's do it a little more concretely. If I have a thought um, in my dog story situation, this pyomitra, mitra, if I had a thought while I was standing there in surgery that was causing me worry and my thought if I could just stand there as I was looking at this dog that was, when I first opened it up, it looked super scary and super weird because I had never seen it before. My first thought is, I'm not, I'm not worthy, I'm not capable, I can't do this. Those are my thoughts. And so I automatically get stressed and paralyzed with fear. So my thoughts are, I don't know what I'm doing. I can't cope with this. My feeling is fear and uncertainty. And then what do I do? I stop. I don't proceed, and thats that doesn't get me anywhere. Now the dog's still on the table. She's not getting spayed. I'm not doing anything. She's under anesthetic. I got to act. So now it's my job to look at those thoughts that I can't do this and change that thought into I know what to do. I've been in weird situations before, I know that I can call the other doctor that's in the hospital with me that day and get a second opinion. And so that's what I chose to do. Now that thought, I know what to do, makes me feel powerful. So now I no longer have worry and anxiety during this situation. I have power because I have a thought that I know what to do. So that's a really simple example of how I can turn a worry-anxiety thought into a powerful thought, which feels so much better when I can feel in charge of the situation. And there's still some uncertainty because I still had to get multiple opinions. But then once I had those opinions, then I knew what to do. Once the surgeon told me, yeah, just take as much of it out as you can and then send it out for a biopsy, I knew exactly what to do. I still had to do it. I still had a little bit of worry around that. But if I realized that I'm a skilled surgeon, I've done this before, Then I let go of all that worry and anxiety. So that's just a simple example of one way to change a thought of fear, worry, and anxiety into a thought of certainty and power and confidence. So go out there and try not to worry. When your brain starts throwing worry thoughts at you, realize that it is just the primitive part of your brain causing those thoughts. And you have power to change them. You have power not to be a worrier. And join me down this journey of of learning how not to worry. Because I am getting so much better about not worrying. But I still have it. I still have that primitive part of my brain that throws those worry thoughts at me very frequently. And I have to fight against it. Probably almost every day. And that's normal. And that's okay. doesn't make you a bad person. doesn't make you not capable. And if you realize that, if you embrace it, then you're going to have a better life and and learn how to enjoy the things that we do each day, even though we've picked a profession that helps us to encounter. I say helps us because it's part of it but this profession that we've chosen causes a lot of uncertainty and that's okay let's enjoy it let's let's enjoy the adventure because it is it's it's really an adventure okay my friends hopefully some of this will help you in your journey through worry and i'm sure i'll talk about this again because i think it's a really important subject if you like what we're talking about on the podcast i would really love for you to leave me a five-star review. The more reviews that I have there out there on iTunes and the other platforms, the more my podcast will get listened to. If you want to talk on the podcast with me and I can read your questions and we can um, make some suggestions for things you want to talk about, you can send me an email at d v m at gmail.com. And you can also visit my blog, that I have or I have a Facebook page at my blo- with my blogs attached to it. Um, leave me a comment there as well. I'd really appreciate you giving me some input as to what we can talk about and what would be helpful and what things have been helpful on the podcast so I can t- continue to do them. I really appreciate your attention. I feel very honored that you're out there listening to me and I hope it's all useful. So have a beautiful day. Um, Enjoy the sunshine wherever you are if you have any. And if it's raining, enjoy the rain uh, because we need that as well to get some nice flowers and green grass. Thank you so much. I appreciate you listening, and I will talk to you next week. Bye.